I know right now you feel like you're watching a PSA and you're like another PSA with people saying things monotone, looking sad into the camera, but this is actually really, really messed up. Today, you can go online and buy a child for sex. It's as easy as ordering a pizza. I finally just slept with my high school crush. Right? Thank you. Thank you. But I swear, now he like expects me to go to his graduation? <laughs> like, I know where I'm going to be in three years, right? I'm like, whoa. Slow it down. F***ing kids, right? F***ing <laughs> You look, like, upset. Like, I don't f*** kids. That's a joke. Like, I would never... I shouldn't say never. That's, like, you don't know. I feel like I just painted myself in a corner there. But, um... It's not a good way to start. This is a beautiful theater. I should have started off with something other than kid f***ing. You guys are right. Uh, start over. Class it up. My mom's a c***. Hear me out. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Struggle Session. I'm Leslie the Third. I'm Jack Allison, and I'm Jonathan Daniel Brown. And today we're joined by a special guest, um, Fe- uh, Phoenix Kalida from the uh, Wine Cellar Media Podcast, also known as the uh, the Black Podcast. Hi, and thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming on, and uh, we're all big fans of the show. We really like it, uh, so everyone should check it out. It's uh, at winecellarmedia.com. Actually, we brought her on to talk about a subject they they already covered excellently on their show. So if you just want to skip a struggle session episode and just <laughs> listen to their show, L L L L L, you we, can't. We listened do to their that. episode and we were like, we, we should also be in that. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've, got, we've got clicks to maintain here. Yeah, uh, and you can find uh, Phoenix at Uppity Negress, two P's, two T's, two S's. And uh, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very glad to be here. Yeah, so we I wanted to get her on the show because we want to talk about something that almost no one is talking about, like a real issue that is really happening to people and really affecting people, some real legislation that came down the pipe that almost no one, even on the left, is really like talking about because the people who are the victims of this legislation are some of the most marginalized people in the country, in the world, and that's sex workers. And uh, uh, hopefully you've heard something about it, but it's uh, the FOSTA and uh, what's the other one? SESTA. The Stop Enabling Sex Traffickers Act. Oh, boy. And and Leslie, it's not entirely fair that no one's talking about it. There was a, a... a PSA featuring some celebrities in January with like Seth Myers and Amy Schumer trying to push for this to get passed. Yeah, this was the national conversation, but just like wrong, I guess. Yeah, right. yeah. So, yeah, our two two of our wokest comedians um, were actually fully in favor of this bill that basically um, has made it illegal to talk about anything, made it like a felony. To talk about, like, to even talk about sex work online, almost to a point. I mean, like, first what of all, what we're doing in this episode is dangerous. It's very is dangerous. that true. I mean, <laughs> I look, don't know. like, let's get out of the way. Fosta Sesta is clearly in no way constitutional, and the second that, like, a a, a well backed, uh, either you know, Electronic Freedom Foundation or some kind of Defense Council for the Sex Workers of America gets together, they can shut this shit down. I mean, um, it's... But just uh, for everyone at, at home, like, uh, uh, you know, who maybe don't know as much about this, like, Phoenix, like, can, can you maybe, uh, uh, because we're not as smart as you, uh, uh, explain to us the sort of details of FOSTA SESTA? I don't think I'm that smart. I just have lots of really good friends. Um, so uh, the idea is this is a bipartisan concept, SESTA and FOSTA. FOSTA is Fight Online Sex Trafficking Act. And the idea is that politicians politicians are like, we can stop sex trafficking if we eliminate everywhere people advertise erotic services or sexual services. And so this actually started a while ago. I don't know if y'all remember Kamala Harris in California mm-hmm. with the back page shut down. Yeah, um, sure. And it's just 
kind of been gaining momentum ever since then. And their theory is that because so much of sex trafficking that happens in America happens via online places like Craigslist, uh, Redbook, um, Backpage, places like that, that if you shut them down, sex trafficking is going to somehow stop. Mm-hmm. Now, so, that, that's yeah. clearly not the case because Obama, uh, his DOJ shut down Redbook, what, a, a year or two <laughs> years ago now? And sex trafficking didn't magically disappear but it you know, became a whole lot harder for sex workers to screen themselves and to screen their clients. Well, let's jump ahead a little bit because okay. I feel like everybody who, you know, hears about this issue at first, but bless, they're like, all right, this is a great idea. We should mm-hmm. stop sex trafficking. And, you know, if we got to shut down a few websites, that's so be it. Like, so why is that a problem? Well, one of the things that people don't take into consideration is the way a lot of these trafficking laws are written. It's really, really bad. So when it comes to like pimping and pandering and trafficking laws, the way laws are right now is like, hypothetically, if one of you was a sex worker and asked me uh, to drive you to a gig, I can get a pandering charge, right? Like I'm not trafficking you. You asked me for a favor and I was trying to help you, you know? So that's part of the problem. And then another thing is that sex workers can't screen clients because they can't post for advertisements. Now, something sex workers had done was create um, basically private networks through various social media of, you know, this is a client. This was a really bad client. He was violating boundaries or was trying not to pay or was, you know, even physically violent. And so those in that information from different clients was being passed around. But now that's going to be a felony mm. once these bills are passed to do that. Um, They're also expanding concepts of pimping and pandering. So harm reduction um, efforts are going to now possibly be treated as a felony case. So handing out condoms to sex workers, street-based sex workers, is now a criminal act. So obviously nobody's getting safer. And of course, this was framed as this is going to make people safer because um, we're ending sex trafficking. But I don't know if y'all knew this. The sex traffickers are not going to tell people that they're pimping out to just go the fuck back home because right. Craigslist got shut down. Okay. And so now what I'm seeing happen among my friends is that, cause I, I'm very deep in sex work communities. What I'm seeing now is that um, pimps are approaching more and more people and people are considering working with pimps who've never had a pimp before because they do need a certain measure of safety. And the traffickers are out on the streets because the people that they are, uh, exploiting are now working on the streets because they can't work uh, to find customers online. So everybody's in the streets and everybody's taking risks and everybody's in danger. Like this didn't help anybody, whether it be trafficking victims or sex workers. And so what really disturbed me so much is like I was seeing the same similar stories too. Like this had immediately like negative and dangerous effect on people who often are already in danger, who don't have help, who don't have support. And like you have people saying, all right, now I have to go back out on the streets when before I could use Craigslist and screen clients. And I had this before, but now they've just been tossed basically to the wolves. Um, On your Mm -hmm. show, you put it out you basically said, like, this is like the pro Gary Ridgeway um, bill, basically. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Um, and I think that that's something that is not a consideration for politicians because they don't nobody cares about sex workers, quite no. frankly. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so if you know, the way a lot of the logic is set up for them is that if sex workers die, but it puts a dent in trafficking numbers, that's an acceptable right. collateral damage. That's an acceptable Good balance. Lord. And, and actually, um, I was having these, I've been having a lot of these conversations on Twitter. Somebody straight up tweeted at me that this was a good idea because even if consensual sex workers are now being raped and beaten, they're still taking some of the burden off track trafficking victims. And someone literally said it's better that more people are being raped and beaten and killed than only trafficking victims. Right. That's the like, that's the fucking logic of where we're starting at. Right. So that needs to be kept in mind of. Um, how little people care about what the actual real life impact of this bill is going to be. Yeah, like because what people <laughs> always say, like whenever some some uh, guy does something violent, uh, sexually violent, they'll say, "Well, he should have just went to you know a sex worker, a prostitute," and like mm-hmm. this idea that sex workers are there just to like yeah. as sin eaters for all of society, all of uh, patriarchy is just completely um, fucked up. 
especially when you consider that if that was actually the case, we would still value them more than we actually do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. what, what's so bizarre to me is that sex workers are treated so poorly, and yet it is still a multi-billion dollar industry Huge. in this country. I mean, I guarantee you that a few of the senators and Congress people who signed on to the FOSTA SESTA have seen sex workers themselves. Oh, no. The majority. Come on. Majority. No, majority. I would say no, at least a few, a few, Jonathan, uh, come on. Uh, at least 50 to 75 percent. So and would, oh, sorry, go like ahead. A fun, would y'all like a little fun fact about that? Oh, yeah, yes. would. One of the co-sponsors uh, is a female uh, lawmaker who divorced her husband because he was cheating on her with a sex worker. Oh, uh-huh. wow. Wow. So wow. Um, imagine that punishing. The personal uh, element. Yeah, punishing millions of people. <laughs> but but, but uh, um, isn't it true, though, that the type of person who would buy another human being probably would be happy to send that human being back to their family if they didn't have a website to advertise on? <laughs> um, I, that defies the definition of hustle and pimp, but uh-huh. let's pretend that's going to happen. Maybe. Okay. Because sure. and, and I think that's something folks don't consider. It's like there are before uh, SESTA FOSTA, there are already anti-trafficking laws on the books. So anyone who is trafficking a person is already facing the felonies for that. This just yeah. expanded it. So like, they're not going to send the victims. So they're already felons. They're already committing a crime. Right. They're already looking at 20, 30, 40 year sentences for what they did. They're not going to just stop. Like they're already in it. If you're already in it deep enough to get a 40 year sentence, why quit until you actually get caught? You know? And so, and so, just to, I, I want to like expand it a little bit. We talked a little bit mm-hmm. about like client screening and things like that, but mm-hmm. exactly why? You know, what is the benefit to to uh, uh, what? What are the larger benefits to these websites over you know just sort of traditional street uh, sex work? Well, street sex work is just incredibly unsafe as is because in addition to not being able to screen, you're also um, basically open to the elements, right? So when the weather's shitty, you have to be outside working because you don't have an in-call place. You are also then subject to everybody who knows what you do, right? So people who wouldn't necessarily have been a client will see you and be like, oh, that's a sex worker. That's a street-based sex worker. Um, A lot of times uh, street-based sex workers are not white. Um, They're not hetero. They're not cis. They do not have a lot of money. Um, There's you know, can be other issues going on and people will exploit that because now they have proximity to you as opposed to, you know, you being, you know, in your apartment, posting an ad online and screening and then meeting somebody at a hotel. Now you're just on the street and you don't have, you know, a a hotel door and lock to protect you should something go wrong. And the biggest thing that nobody wants to talk about is the fucking cops, man. Mm -hmm. Cops love to rape sex workers. Like that is a fucking, I, it's a hobby for them. And I say that sure. without uh, hyperbole or being dramatic. It's a fucking hobby for them. And they know exactly where to look for the street based workers and they abuse them. They take money. Like cops will fucking rob sex workers, cop rape sex workers, cops beat the shit out of sex workers. Like, yeah. and you now have to be on the street dealing with that. Right. Yeah. Just a few weeks ago, two LAPD officers were both sentenced to 25 years for pleading no contest for well exactly what you said arresting sex workers raping them and then letting them go it's i mean it is and and because there is no legal recourse for these workers for these women for these men for anybody who is attempting to to make a living doing this since they can't sue the cops there's and and since you can't report these the crimes against sex workers what this mm-hmm. law does is it is it puts people in so much more danger. It takes away, I mean, what the internet did was, you know, say what you will about how it, how, how the current structure of the internet works, but it did, it did provide a, a safety net that just simply did not exist ever. And, until and also like, I think you touched on this earlier, you know, what with, uh, you were saying that the people that you know are sort of going back to pimps and starting to work with pimps and everything, but wasn't there also, you know, an element to back page and all these websites allowing like a source, a kind of autonomy for sex workers as well. Um, yeah, it was definitely much easier to be anonymous online. And with that came a measure of safety, because now the thing is, too, because there is so much 
um, stigma around the industry and being in the industry, especially if you are like a lower income or a survival sex worker, like, so like Mm -hmm. most of your income comes from sex work or, you know, you're a street based sex worker. If you do have somebody who's trafficking you or pimping you or people who just know who you are because they can see you on the street, people love to use that as a coercive tactic, whether that be mm-hmm. to um, take exploit some of your earnings, whether that be to coerce people into providing sex acts or providing domestic labor. That happens pretty frequently because it can be really dangerous to be publicly outed as a sex worker because of the stigma, because a lot of folks won't care what happens to you. It's seen as a punishment for being a sinful person you know mm-hmm. this fuck, uh, this puritanical outrage shit and right, so is, and, uh, what i want to what really like upset me too that not a lot of people are talking about it's like so the it's not necessarily like a law yet right like this ha- this happened like back page i mean not back page but um craigslist and google um immediately took action to protect their bottom line, basically. Like, they mm-hmm. didn't have to... They could, if they wanted to, if they want to stand up for the sex workers whose, you know, business that they've been making money off of, basically. And a mm-hmm. lot of money, by the way, yes. I should say. Yes. If they wanted to fight this, and we've seen them fight bills before. Yeah, um, Sopa they, and Pipa, for example. They shut down Reddit for, like, three days. Yeah. They did the blackouts mm-hmm. on Oh, yeah, Google. Reddit, too. Reddit, too, is is complicit in this as well. Like, they mm-hmm. immediately, like, just basically uh, kicked sex workers to the curb. So they're as complicit as the government in this. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'm not surprised. And I, a lot of it is because the particular way these bills are written is so vague that you can get caught up for pretty much anything. And now the way that these bills are framed is if someone posts something uh, on your website about selling any type of sexual service and you don't stop it, you can get like pimping, pandering, uh, trafficking charges because you are enabling or promoting sex work by not removing a post that refers to sexual services. Because that's the thing. You don't actually have to be like, you know, come out and say, I want to pimp somebody out. You don't have to come up and say, um, I'm going to encourage somebody to post about pimping somebody out. You just have to not erase it off your site and you can catch charges. Right. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, they shut it down to protect their bottom lines and protect themselves. But at the end of the day, that's just going to get people killed. Mm -hmm. Isn't it true? Also, I I think I heard this on your show and I didn't know this, but yeah, isn't like Google deleting things from people's like Google drives and shit like that too? <laughs> yeah, if they think you're a sex worker and you have um like risque photos or nudes or anything like that, they're removing your shit. Yeah. That's like alarming. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, like, that's one of those it, things it that is. like, you know, we should be alarmed about that even outside of sex workers, you know what I mean? <laughs> like that See, this idea that there can be legislation about this, I don't know. And that's one of the things, like, we keep trying to tell people, but nobody want to listen to sex workers, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, they're taking off uh, people's, you know, sexy pictures just in case it involves uh, sex trafficking or consensual sexual services. But they don't actually know. They're right. guessing, you know, and that's going to start spilling over further and further. And now, um, you know, some sex workers have gone to using um, like dating apps, you know, like Grinder and, um, you know, those kind of things. So those sites are probably going to be gone, too. And then porn sites are eventually going to start being more censored. And in like a year from now, we're going to be like, why can't I see anything with sex on the Internet? It's like we tried to tell you. Yes. Oh. You didn't listen to sex workers and. <laughs> Now you're looking at, you know, still images again, like yeah. a caveman. <laughs> Did I, right. Isn't isn't there a possible upside, though, that any website I don't like, I can just go in the comments and try to sell sex work and get it shut down and taken <laughs> off the internet? Like Vox? You, yeah, I could go on Vox <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and do an in-call on Vox oh. and see if I can get it shut down. <laughs> you probably could at this point because everyone is so paranoid, which I think is like the wildest thing is, as far as I know, Trump hasn't signed these bills yet and already – People just took their shit down, you know. Well, that's the thing that's so frustrating is like, 
That's all these companies like just immediately wanting to fuck over sex workers. That's them. Like, yeah, they're so happy to do it. They're happy to do it. They like wanted to deal like I think maybe Craigslist didn't want to, but is like very frightened. But Google, I think, mm-hmm. like they have the like actual power to fight back against this. They have they could not do this if they don't want to, and they're exceedingly eager to comply. I mean, it's not the first time that this sort of thing has happened. It's the first time with a um, trafficking bill, but like in as far as promoting services, but um, a lot of the cash apps, you know, sex workers have straight up had money stolen um, because it hits a suspicious transaction, whatever the fuck that means. Um, (laughs) So like Venmo, PayPal, like people have lost like thousands of dollars at a time or payments just won't be transferred to you, or they just straight up lock down your account. Like this isn't the first time uh, large companies that uh, basically use sex workers as a customer base have proceeded to then fuck over sex workers. Like It's it so funny too, because that's these lot. companies saying like, we don't think sex workers should get money for this kind of stuff. We think we should just keep the money. I think that the best right. solution here is if we just get to have the money. <laughs> the only right. people that should make money from sex work is us. Yeah, Patreon has like tried to pull this shit too as well with um sec- uh, with uh like night not even like uh, like um like people who would do like cams and photo shoots and shit, new photo shoots mm-hmm. and stuff and try to like get them shut down and demonetize them and kick them off the website. And it's just like so what do you want people to do? Wait, where do you right. want sex workers to go? Like you've been taking their oh. you take their money for years and then you just say, "All right, we've we're done with you now. Now what happens? Oh, they would like sex workers to go into graveyards and morgues, most likely. Um, That's the nature of the thing. But, you know, it's, that's the thing though, is a lot of these companies, which, you know, it's not just a sex worker thing. It's, you know, this fucking late stage capitalism bullshit of just Mm. exploit the fuck out of everybody. But it's, you know, as always, these things come down on the most marginalized groups. And it's like, if you're doing something to sex workers, who's going to tell you no? Look, you know, I mean, there's a the great example is on on the uh, corner of Santa Monica and Vine. My entire life, there were trans streetwalkers until about I don't know five, six, seven, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Then they just went away. Yeah, that's they went what, online. That's, that's what's gonna happen on the internet. Yeah. What happened at that corner is it got replaced with like a Target and a bunch of like uh, like Chipotle's and shit like that. And so that's just yep. what's gonna happen on the internet. Right, everything's just gonna become Target and Chipotle. But but then they'll go back the to the street. Yeah, and they'll be. It's just that by not allowing the safe place for this kind yeah. of transaction to happen, mm-hmm. people will be forced to go well, back even to the street. Yeah. They get, like, oh, they're already there. Off. Right, they yeah. did. That's true. They got pushed off, but they'll. You know that Danny Trejo's ta- uh, tacos place isn't going to stay open <laughs> forever. Like they're, no, but, <laughs> you know. But really, what it comes down to is that like sex work is going to occur. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's probably going because to it's work happening. and work occurs. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, I, uh, Phoenix, if you can speak on this, like, there is a contingent of leftists, and actually a loud and proud somehow uh, contingent of leftists, that would basically say, you know, to everything we've said up to this point, um, tough shit. Um, sex workers are tools of the patriarchy. They're tools of misogyny. And, you know, they should not be allowed to work um, safely, basically. And, like, there's people who will actually come out and outright say it, and they're still somehow in good standing on the left. I don't know how. Can you explain (laughs) why these motherfuckers are motherfuckers for saying this shit? Um, Well, in my experience, a lot of people who are the whole, like, the whores are tools of the patriarchy are people who tend to oftentimes be very, very pro-capitalist in their stances. And it's more important that you have a dignified, respectable job that you can't pay your rent on than it is Mm -hmm. to do something like provide sexual services. And this is, um, I haven't seen it so much in America. It probably still happens here too, but um, particularly in what would be classed as third world countries, they constantly have these brothel raids like in India and Indonesia, you know, a lot of South Asia. And what they end up doing with the workers is they literally put them to work in sweatshops. Right. Oh, wow. So like, do you remember a few, yeah, do you remember a few years ago? I believe it was Bangladesh. There was like a big ass like garment factory fire and shit collapsed because 
the building was made shitty and there was like no safety. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and Matt Iglesias um, famously oh, yeah. said, um, well, it's okay for different countries to have different safety standards. <laughs> oh my God. The Why global poor. No, no, no. To be, to be fair, he did not cho- choose the, pi- the picture of the Bangladeshi fire for that title, but he didn't beat the shit out of his editor, so he's got to wear that around his neck. <laughs> yeah, he gets he gets that one. I mean, but yeah, a lot of the people who died in that were former sex workers, because the choice and, was go to prison or let us rescue you and go work here. Fuck. Aren't you free? <laughs> and I've argued with a few friends of mine about this who have said stuff like, "Well, why don't they just go to a Nevada brothel?" As if like having to live in some fucking trailer <sighs> six months of the year year. In a state you're not from is is like a normal sane thing to do. Yeah. Um. I mean, so first of all, some of the fucking restrictions they have on these Nevada brothels are like, y'all niggas play too much. Yeah, um, you can't go outside. You have to be there right. all the time. What? Yeah, you have to be yeah. there. You have to be there for a certain amount of days. You're not allowed to leave the premises. You have to you know, register your cars with like the local police. You have to live within your, like when you're not working, you have to live within a certain amount of miles from the brothel, you know, like it's second class citizenry. Absolutely. I had no idea. That's really strange. Yeah. You should actually look at some of like the rules and restrictions. Like it's shit. Like you just can't leave for like seven days. You just have to be there. Wow. Like they're like mandating like, like pimp rules basically in Vegas. Literally. Yeah. Literally. (laughs) But you know, go there because it's better. Okay. Um, You know, so there's that aspect of it. And then there's also, there's, um, there are types of people and types of sex workers. Uh, somebody who's maybe, uh, you know, a dark skinned black woman or maybe mm-hmm. a trans woman will not get hired in a Nevada brothel unless right. it's like specifically for fetish shit. So that's also like a huge problem. You know, not everybody looks like Gemma Jameson, right? Or like, right. you know, like the typical blonde porn star type. And those workers are not going to get hired in those places. So they, even if they wanted to go there, they can't. Right. This is uh, go work in yeah. Nevada. So that's that shot down. No, I mean the safest, <laughs> the, sa- the safest way to, I mean to to practice sex work in this country is through private screening services. I mean Absolutely. things like uh you know like a uh, City Vibe did screening and Preferred Four One One did screening and the Erotic yeah. Review did light screening, but by allowing these places to flourish. You know, sure, you might piss off a few Puritans, but you're also preventing people from being fucking killed. Yeah. And that seems like a no-brainer to me. Like, regardless of your, you know, whatever your uh, moral, you know, uh, you know, some people I've talked to about this on the left have said, you know, like, it is the ultimate form of capitalism to, you know, to sell your sex organs versus, I don't know. Okay, I, uh, I, well, I, you know, people say that, but I'm pretty sure that when you go see an escort, she does not hand you her sex organs <laughs> as part yeah. of the transaction in, in a jar. Contrary to popular belief, the vagina is not a detachable organ. Um, it, 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 it just won't go anywhere. Um, but no, I, I think that that's like just people like you. Sex is gross, right. you know, uh-huh. and it's also you know. Because we, as much as a lot of people on the left want to claim like they're liberated or like hashtag woke or what the fuck ever, they're not. They don't like the idea of women who, and I know not all sex workers are women, but the vast majority are women, whether that be trans or cis, um, who find ways to work outside of the system. Because if you really sit down and talk to a lot of sex workers, a lot of them would not do well in conventional jobs. So they found a way to survive around that. Like so many, um, you know, sex workers I know have like, you know, issues with um, like uh, disabilities or, you know, chronic illness, things like that, things that would make it very difficult to hold down like the stereotypical nine to five job Mm -hmm. or, you know, there's sex workers who have kids that they don't have a support system. So they can't just call into work every time, you know, their kids get sick. So they have to find something that has a flexible schedule. And so I think that a lot of people are low key resentful that sex workers found a way to kind of be able to survive, not necessarily thrive, but at least be able to survive in a system that tells them that they should not be able to survive because they don't hit the cookie cutter standard of what a worker is supposed to be. 
Mm-hmm. You know, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree. And so um, we we have we talked we we talked about them a little bit, but let's get into it. Amy Schumer, yeah. Seth Meyers. <laughs> They both recorded um, a video vehemently defending yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Like, Pushing this for the, Congress to and, and, and of course using it. the argument that is mostly what you hear about this in, you know, uh, uh, in the more sort of mainstream press, which is that like this bill is to stop little girls from being sold on Craigslist. Like if you just watch this PSA, you'd think it's all just about selling people on Websites or whatever. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. the, one of the signs that they have in the video is "raped on the hour by the hour," uh, like just just the most Dramatic like stri- ass motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If you, there are also billboards all over Los Angeles from the sketchy ad council, which I I don't know if it's California or federal. But ad council? Yeah, these weird like ad like it just says from the ad council, and it's it, it's just like there are all these know the signs of trafficking billboards, but then it's just like uh, a strip club sign <laughs> or like an ad online. But that's neither of those are signs of trafficking. trafficking those absolutely. are signs right. of sex work. Yeah, and I it, it is clearly intentional and bipartisan to conflate the two. Well, that is an interesting mm-hmm. thing about it, and and what is you know. Uh, I, I guess illustrated by this Seth Meyers, Amy Schumer thing is that this is hugely bipartisan. <laughs> this is uh, uh, as bi- like mm-hmm. uh, uh, fucking over sex workers is as bipartisan right. as it gets. I mean, Backpage was basically it was Claire McCaskill and Richard Blumenthal who were leading the call a few years back. So these are it's the same fucking old boomer assholes. Who have all probably? Oh wait, seen hold up, hold up, hold up, JD. Well, that's not true. That's not true because we have Slay Queen Kamala Harris that's was right. also very supportive of this these bills. Yes. Right? No, you're right. This is this does pass into Generation X and elements of millennials. It's no longer an age mm-hmm. thing. We live in hell. And it's so, intersectional. It's intersectional. It's, it's intersectional. It's, it's, it's intersectional stupidity. And. Uh, it, what it boils down to is I think conservatives genuinely hate sex and liberals are are just scared of, yeah, uh, why can't cons- they get an honest job? I think liberals are just like addicted to anything where they can seem like tough on crime. And this is just like the easiest, like you said, most marginalized group of people. So it's like the simplest group to like punch on and then be like, right. we have like done a good thing. And, you know, we're uh, yeah. tough on crime just like everyone else. And we're helping our girls. And it's an right. election year. Ugh. <laughs> um, and also, can I just, y'all? I have to, I have to get this off my chest with the fucking Amy Schumer thing. Uh-huh. So she recently had a comedy special. I don't know if anybody else watched it. The I leather special. I'm not the, I don't know. To, I don't got, uh, it was some bullshit. Tear my I got hair 15, out, so I didn't catch it. <laughs> I got 15 minutes into it, and I turned it off because did did y'all see that rape joke that she did? No, what is it? Which one? Where she was like. <laughs> Oh, God, it's that bad. Okay. Where she was basically talking about, like, she drank so much, she woke out black up, blackout drunk, and then she kind of, like, halfway woke up, and some dude just has his head between her legs. And oh, she's I like, remember he's the, that. Yeah. He's the real VIP. And I was like, uh, I, I, I don't... I'm not sure that's how I would frame that. So now, like, <laughs> like I have that bit in my head every fucking time I see her lipless face. <laughs> and, and now like i'm watching this traffic thing like oh great the one who makes blackout rape jokes is going to tell me about sexual exploitation fantastic can't wait yeah so like she talks so much about sex she has not had in her comedy. I, I don't mean she doesn't have sex. I mean she she's playing a character, right? She's playing. Yeah, she's like she, making up. Mm-hmm. She's stories. playing a character. I'm not saying she's. I'm just saying she's playing a character. Like you could almost call her a sex worker at a certain point because this is what her <laughs> movies are about. This is what her comedy is about. It's so much about sex, but the way she does it, it's fine, right? When she right. makes millions of dollars over pretending to be um, uh, sexually awoke and this and that and the other. But when women are just, you know, surviving and scraping by doing it in a semi-safe way, she airdrops in from Hollywood to save them from that. 
Well, and, mm-hmm. and of course, I think it's always interesting which issues you see Amy Schumer get involved in because she's Chuck Schumer's cousin. So that just means that, like, this is also what Chuck Schumer wants to ha- be pushed. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. And, 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 uh, and, you know, it is interesting, though, because American culture has for, I mean, God, as long as it's been around, fetishized and fantasized this romantic version of the hooker with the heart of gold, this... Mm-hmm. uh you know the escort who actually falls in love with the client, the 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 one who's and gets saved and gets course. saved, the one who's too mm-hmm. pretty to do this work. The yeah. idea that that uh you know there's always been this bizarro class divide where the, the you know these people passing sex trafficking laws they don't consider the the woman they pay two twenty five hundred an hour to hang out with in the Ritz Carlton right. to be the same as if you know <laughs> one of us went on uh, you know Craigslist and. You know, paid someone a few hundred bucks. You can't now, but Mm -hmm. the point is, is that there is this bizarro class divide in which rich escorts are treated like good girls who just went down the wrong path, Mm -hmm. and 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 if they only found the right man who would save them, which is conveniently me, the man paying her, (laughs) uh, (laughs) then then things then things would just be better. While women who worked on the streets and provide low income clients are just. They're just trash, right. and it's just it's yeah. it's a really ugly way that class divides even marginalized mm-hmm. communities. Yeah. So, guys, mm-hmm. Pretty Woman Two, starring <laughs> Amy Schumer, <laughs> as, as as the daughter, and she's a sex worker, and is still Richard Gere, but when he goes to pick her up, he's arrested and put in jail for um, felony sex trafficking. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> It'd be good to see Richard Gere working because Marvel blacklisted him. So is that true? Yeah, he he. Uh, oh. the, uh, the big reason he wasn't um, in any Marvel movies is because he's a free Tibet guy, and Disney does not allow that in any of their actors. Oh, interesting. Yeah, fun oh. fact. Um, Leslie, it's a green light. Let's do it. <laughs> it's gonna be a green light for me. <laughs> We're making Actually, it. Actually, what I would love to see. What I would love to see is. Um, the average, you know, like upper middle class white woman who supports this sort of legislation having to do legal work and being told, but this is dignity because it doesn't involve dick. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. Go, go scrub that toilet over there. Go work at a daycare and clean up children's vomit and then come right. home and tell me how liberated you are. Like, you well, know. at least you can, you can feel good about the, the work you did. You know what I mean? You can it, feel it, good about the work you did. Very important work. Yeah. Very I mean, important work. that vomit cleaned up. Yeah, yeah so, I mean, granted, you're going to go to bed hungry because it doesn't sure. pay enough to live on, but you can sure. be full of dignity. <laughs> right. Think about how, how nice it'll be to have all that dignity and, and live on the street. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. Well, absolutely. I, yeah, that's. I mean, that's what I want to see. And I think that that needs to be part of the conversation. And it, it's weird because it seems like even with liberals and Democrats and, you know, left-ish people, that it's like... They just can't get past the fucking puritanical bullshit of sex work and sex work policy, honestly. And it is so bizarre to me, you know, because yeah. we're in this whole like, ho is life. And it's OK to have hookup, be part of hookup culture. Right. But sex work is very, very bad. Right. We're at this period when it's like we're supposed to like, you know, everything is about how we have to, you know, be more open about sex and stuff. And it's it's good that we can all be more open about sex. But sex work is just as stigmatized as ever. Like it's like it's the era for women to speak out against all the ills. But also sex work is still evil. I I almost feel like sex work is more stigmatized now than it was when I was a kid. You know, or even and I think part of that is because there there was this. Uh, sex work was very sensationalized during like this Heidi Fleiss, Charlie Sheen era, at least in LA. Mm-hmm. And then when you had all these scandals in the 2000s, like Elliot Spitzer, and then you had, uh, I mean, even before that, when you had John Ashcroft, uh, you know, f- uh, pushing against sex workers, you would see that the public, at least on the, the, the public center left would say, that is wrong. That's not a nice thing to do. You know, we believe in internet freedom and free speech and the ability for independent workers to make their own destiny. I mean, they used whatever, you know, liberal capitalist lingo to support the sex workers, but they at least offered that lip service. Now this is gone. Now you have both parties working in lockstep to completely screw these workers over and and take away their lifelines. And it's 
It's bipartisan. And as the economy gets worse, there's going to be more sex workers. And mm-hmm. uh, it's bipartisan and it's terrible. And it's one of the things you're going to have to get over when it comes time to stand in line with Kamala Harris. When right. it comes time that we're all yeah. supposed to get behind her um, and be with her. Yeah. I mean, don't be surprised if... <laughs> Don't be surprised if, you know, this does actually end up coming into play in 2020. Are you kidding me? Oh, it, like, will. it will. It will, for sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is actually extra fascinating because uh, I think I've had my black card revoked like 27 times now because <laughs> I said Kamala Harris ain't shit and I'm not voting for her. I don't care if she's running. Um, <laughs> but well, no. I, she's a cop. We're one or two years she, away from being called yeah. sexist because you're upset that uh, sex workers got killed. Yeah, well, actually, and you know, oh my God, this is going to sound fucked up, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, morbidly curious to see in the next like five years how um, rates of violence against women come about. Because, you know, yes, like be- when sex workers started going online, overall national um, murder rates of women decreased. Wow. Yes, yes, yeah. they did. Like if if you're a true crime fan as I am, if 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 you if you're not a true crime fan, what you don't realize is that all those serial killers you hear about in the news every so often, the mm-hmm. people that they're killing are all sex workers. Like yeah. all, all like almost all of them. You don't really get that if you're just hearing about it on the news every so often. But when you follow these stories, it's like the people that they were targeting and like serial killers, they aren't the thing anymore. It's like mass sh- shooters now that's be taking mm-hmm. over, you know, our 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 criminal psyche. But and yeah, a lot of speculation. You only talk about one thing at a time. <laughs> Yeah, well, and and the, well, it, it, there's oh, there's lots of theories about why it, it it goes in ways, but one thing that people are talking about, have mentioned is that when sex workers were able to have access to the internet and were able to do the screening and were able to get off the street, this limit, this you know, this had some relation to the drop in uh, crime rate against women, of violence against women, the homicide mm-hmm. rate of women, and now with people, I mean, it would be nice to study. This is something that they should probably have looked at before passing a bill banning yeah. women uh, from <laughs> of banning sex workers from the internet. You would think, you know, since mm-hmm. we... And also in this era, in this time of like believe women, listen to women, why is it that sex workers are the only women not to be listened to? You know what I mean? Like if we're, this this is just getting pushed forward. Sex workers are speaking out against it. And in the era of believe women, listen to women, they are just being met with a wall of uh, uh, complete, completely being ignored. Well, no, th- you know to be why. fair, some of them... Some people are listening to them and telling them to fuck off. Like that's right. That's right. all. Sorry yeah, about that. That's right. happening. They believe them. They just believe that they should go fuck themselves. Right. Well, I mean, that goes back to you know what was mentioned earlier about you know using class as a stigmatizing thing because the assumption is that you know the good sex workers, the good girls, right, the the young, um, you know, high end escorts, they just you know got led down the wrong path, but they're not actually right. bad people. And then of course the poor sex workers are bad people, which means that then at the end of the day, you can't trust any sex worker because the good ones, even though they're good, are too naive and gullible to be trusted. Uh And the other ones are just bad and we can't trust bad people. So we have to collectively decide what's best for them because they are infantilized and have no autonomy and shouldn't be able to deserve, uh, decide what's best for them themselves. Like we need Kamala to do it because Kamala is really good point things. And and so and so to wrap up this topic. So, what can people do to support sex workers now? Um, the best thing to do is to follow sex workers on social media. Anytime you see, um, you know, sex workers writing blogs or doing podcasts or tweeting about things, please signal boost as much as possible. Also, follow the hashtags. That's how you find out um, what's actually going on. If you look at sex workers who are using hashtag SESTA, hashtag FOSTA, or, um, you know, let us survive, sex work is work. Those are all very common hashtags. And that's when you can actually see the stories of how this legislation is affecting people in real time, you know? So then you can keep up on news. Um, Unfortunately, when tragedies happen and some already have happened, you are up to date on that. Uh, What sex workers are talking about, you can be up to date on that and keep yourself informed because being informed is really like the first step of the whole thing, right? 
because you can't trust what uh, legislators are saying about these bills because their information is just not accurate. You actually have to listen to sex workers. You actually have to listen to people who have been victims of trafficking and follow them and get informed and spread the word. Absolutely. Can absolutely. you trust Amy Schumer? No, you cannot. Okay. <laughs> you cannot okay. trust Amy Schumer. I just wanted to make sure. I wanted to make sure. You can't trust her. You can't trust Seth Meyers. You can't trust Ashton Kutcher. You cannot, tr- <laughs> you cannot trust anybody who has never actually been engaged in sex work. Let's okay. go with that. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure, okay? Because I was still a little confused uh, about whether or not no. I was trust yeah, don't, don't trust politicians who think locking <laughs> people up is good. Don't trust celebrities who... Have don't know heads. shit about shit and maybe, haven't thought well, about maybe this for that's a the thing. Like these are all these are all people that say whatever you want them to say for money. Maybe they yeah. see sex workers as competition. So and so so Phoenix. So uh, yeah. I want your I want my listeners to listen to your show for real for real. Okay. They, I really think they should. Oh, so okay. I, oh, can you tell them what they can expect from your show? I, actually, I want to start. Why, why did you start your show? Oh man. Um well basically we did our show because we talk we are we we define ourselves as hood progressives basically, right? So like we some niggas, we kinda hood, we poor, we you know, working class. And between us and our friends and our communities, there's a lot of marginalized people who don't have a voice, who don't get to speak out. So it's important to us to try to bolster and amplify stories of people like us or people that we know as much as possible. So if you're listening to our show, I mean, we try to keep it entertaining because the subject matter heavy as fuck, but we do talk about, we talk about trans women who get murdered. We talk about sex worker rights. We talk about, um, you know, traumas that black women face. We talk about LGBTQIA rights. We try to talk about marginalized groups that don't have representation. I think that the show is really good. And, uh, uh, just to add to that, it's also a funny show. It's funny. It's, like you mentioned that it's, it's lighthearted. Your, and I, I want to let the, light, really let the listeners know that it's like funny The You guys are very funny <laughs> on the show and, uh, uh, they should listen to it if they, like you said, want to hear about heavy shit, but also like laugh. <laughs> I actually yeah, your content yeah. your your content warning at the beginning made me laugh because <laughs> you went through you went through every potential triggering and, and upsetting thing possible, and I was just I was dying. Our trigger warning, has, our trigger warning has been defined as exhaustive. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and, uh, but it's like, how'd you meet your co-host William Jackson? Um, we met on Facebook, actually, we were in a Facebook group together and I was a mod of the group and he was talking shit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sorry. I I, I hate to say this, but I will always stand against the mods. I I hate to say this directly in your face, but uh, I will, uh, you seem like a nice person, but I will never love a mod. (laughs) So fun story. I actually got kicked out of the group by the other mods. Oh, okay. Well, then you're cool. You're cool. You're cool. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so I ended up signing with them, and then he was already doing the podcast, and then I started coming on as an occasional guest, and then we're like, ah, oh, fuck it, let's just podcast together, and now we're married and we live together. That's amazing. Wow. That's wow. That's, that's awesome. Wow. That's, that's awesome. That's beautiful, actually. <laughs> Legitimately. <laughs> beautiful. Wow, to think it all started with a dispute with the mods. It really is a, a wonderful story. <laughs> a wonderful story. <laughs> I, yeah, life is wild sometimes, you know? <laughs> Um, well, yeah, the show is really good. Everybody should check it out. Uh, uh, you, and you guys, like, you. you have a chat. You guys do it live, like, with a chat room, right? Right. So we do generally, like, a Facebook Live. So you can watch us on Facebook Live and leave comments, you know, in real time. But then, of course, while that's going, we also have it recorded. And we have all archives on Blog Talk Radio or on our website, winesellermedia.com. And there's, like, 600 at there's more than 600 episodes at this point so and of course um, we've all listened to all of them every single oh, one yes. of them every single one every single one so yeah we keep uh, all the archives there and you know more recently we've like let's just do facebook live so people can talk to us so because people don't like to call into our show apparently so but they will uh take time to write comments i don't know i'll call in you <laughs> need a caller hi <laughs> first time long time <laughs> yeah. we haven't had a call i, th- I think that, so i think long. that jonathan would be a, a good a, you know uh, a regular contributor to the black podcast <laughs> <laughs> um, might be the whitest person on the planet but... no i was gonna crack a joke and say when we have our white friends come on we give them the title of white splainer in chief 
Um, <laughs> that's huge. <laughs> yeah. I do have to say, I was very ma- magnanimous. I let both Jack and JDB talk about Black Panther on a couple a couple episodes ago with another <laughs> white guest. I, I allowed that to happen. That was also after I kicked him off the show. To be fair, and just you had, had whole- like three. Yeah, you had three of your own private Black Panther episodes, <laughs> and you went on other podcasts. You made the rounds, and it was our I- turn. <laughs> I think Leslie was the star of Black Panther with this press tour he did. I did. I did did more interviews than Ryan Coogler did. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was nice. It was a nice treat to talk about Black Panther. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Phoenix, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Uppity Negress, two P's, two T's, two S's. Um, I have a Facebook page called Reading in the Shade, mostly for sharing news. And uh, otherwise, WineCellarMedia.com. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Or if anybody happens to be in LA area, I will be there for Catalyst Con. Ironically, speaking about sex workers being left out of the hashtag Me Too movement, that's coming up in May. So if anyone wants to go to Catalyst Con, you can come see me and hang out. Oh, dope. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We so. should we should all grab coffee. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll, uh, uh, maybe drink Catalyst Con. Yeah. Um, well, thank, thanks for coming on, Phoenix. It was really good talking to you. Uh, uh, thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, tune in again for another episode. Good night. Don't trust Amy <laughs> Schumer. Don't, Don't trust, trust Amy Schumer. <laughs> That's an obvious. <laughs> I'm Neil Jacoby, and alongside my brother Eric, I host Spall Talk, the only podcast where two siblings talk about the life and career of Timothy Spall. Every two weeks, we watch a movie featuring or starring Timothy Spall, and we talk about it. It's kind of a fun time. Check us out at spalltalk.blogspot.com or on the Kent State Black Squirrel Radio SoundCloud page. Goodbye, and remember, Spall is life. Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.